I say glory to God. So this month, we're talking about overcoming depression and societal thoughts. And um, let me tell you something. You know, yesterday I was able, I, I was, um, I was able to finish the teaching for the four weeks. So num- what I do sometimes is that there's a one-a-week teaching, but I'm able to finish the teaching for the four weeks for this month. And um, my goodness, when I saw the teaching, I said to myself, I said, this might be the most powerful teaching I've taught so far in the history of this church. I'm telling you, we, it, in the island church, it was amazing. We were blown away. And someone says, why? He says, because in, in this teaching, it's not just revelation of the word of God. It also has to do with even how God is dealing with me and the struggles we have on that journey. And um, I'm saying this to you because there may be someone, I'm, I'm sure there's at least someone that you know that's going through depression. There's someone that's struggling with societal thoughts. I beg you, in the name of Jesus Christ, I beg you with everything, will you be kind enough to invite them to church next Sunday? If the message really blessed you, because this is going to take a huge heart, please invite them to church next Sunday. Glory to God. So we're going to start this message by looking at two people. They, they are not in the Bible, just regular stories. One of them is a lady called Marilyn Moreau. Will you put a picture up? Marilyn Moreau. Marilyn Moreau. Yuzel, can you help me? Let's get that picture up quickly. And the other person after herself is Pastor Andrew. Is he up? No, 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 but, but I, don't worry. It's fine. They'll be fine. Thank you, Pastor. Do you have it or I should just continue? Is he up? Yes. This is Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe is an actress, model, and singer. At the peak of her life, she was what you call the sexiest lady, like the height of beauty in America. As a matter of fact, if you see popularity rating, she's the most popular. She's the she's the third most popular America after Evelyn Pesley and Mickey Mouse. She's the third most popular American. And guess what? At the age of 36, this lady was worth almost $30 million. $30 million in Nigerian money is how much? Is in trillions of naira, right? Am I correct? Is in trillions of naira. This is how rich this woman was. But guess what happened to her? She got several awards, did several things, and at 36, guess what? She committed suicide. The, the confusing thing is that how can a woman so rich so successful, end up committing suicide. See, someone said maybe she wasn't beautiful. Listen, she was the third most popular. She was so rich. She was hot, like hot, 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 hot. <laughs> and she ended up committing suicide. And listen, in this teaching, we're going to say, see, in this teaching, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep saying one word to you. It's okay not to be okay. Because for a long time we've hid, for, we've hid, we were hiding rather, rather. So when you look at the story of this woman, this lovely woman just killed herself, and went on and says, "Well, you know, you know, um, you know, we are born again. You know, we can't have such problems." 
Let me talk to you quickly about Pastor Andrew. Do you know Pastor Andrew? Recently, recently, um, I think one of the popular blogs carried the story about Pastor Andrew. Pastor Andrew committed suicide at the age of 30. And he was pastoring a church, one of the biggest churches in America. He committed suicide at the age of 30, pastoring one of the biggest churches in America. And someone says, I'm just saying, look at it, lead pastor Elan Church, where he died and left his wife and three sons. This is a man of God. And the problem is this, because this, so why do people commit suicide? Because firstly, we don't realize that it's okay not to be okay. What everybody puts up is a front that, oh, I'm okay, oh, I'm perfect, and we all know you're okay. And listen to me, it's amazing because sometimes things happen to people and Christians begin to throw stone at one another. You don't understand. You don't throw stone when you live in a glass house. Something happens, maybe someone in the ocean department got pregnant. They say, wait, my goodness, that girl is so wayward. She's so flattish. You know the thing? You know, see, let me say something to you. The reason why people get depressed and come suicide is this. And this is why they hide. Let me say it again. The reason why people hide when they have challenges is this. Every time they expose themselves, thinking they can get help, what they get is people pulling them down and throwing stones. So that's why we cannot express how we feel. And the moment we cannot express how we feel, things get worse. I really feel bad when you see on social media, a pastor maybe duped somebody, did something wrong, got someone pregnant and did something wrong and Christians go and be like, all oh, these fake pastors, this, I even trust my own pastorology and write all this kind of thing and they think that I'm going to be excited because they trust me. See, you don't understand. The more you attract those that have fallen, those that are struggling cannot step out to get help. I'm not saying we should condole it, but we must be able to support people that's why those struggling with homosexuality cannot come out and say that, hey, I'm struggling because there's such a barrage of attack on that person. And we see this pastor, I don't know what he was struggling with, but if he got the necessary help, he will not have killed himself. And that's why this series this month, we're going to be butt naked. We're just going to be honest and say it. We're going to be honest and say it. So let's turn to Psalm 61. Psalm 61. This is very powerful. Verse 1. Psalm 61 verse 1. The Bible says, Hear my cry, O God. And sometimes when you're in that state, he says, Attend unto my prayers. Why? Let's go on. He says, From the end of the earth, will like what? He said, Will I cry unto you? And when what? Hey, he says, Watch the stuff. This is not the regular prayer. He says, There's a time that comes that my heart, hey, when my heart is overwhelmed, when my heart is boiling of emotions, when, 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 when there's a transportation of hot and very passionate emotions inside me, he says, when my heart is overwhelmed. Question, do you get to that point where your heart is overwhelmed? Do you get to that point when you begin to ask questions like, 
God, can I trust you? God, are you faithful? God, did I offend you? Am I under a curse? And the reason why you begin to ask those questions is this. Because your heart is what? Really overwhelmed. And it's of us to fix the pain, the hurt that is inside. Rather wear clothes and cover it up. You know, when I talk about depression, I wish I could say I've not been depressed before. I wish I could tell you. I wish I could be like, you know, um, Marilyn Monroe is one example. Pastor Andrew's another example. Third example, Paula Jadon, when, a couple of weeks ago. Probably ongoing. But there's a story in the Bible that every time I read this story, it's my biggest encouragement, and I want to share it with you today. Psalm 73. And who else can talk about depression if not David? Nobody had more wars in his life than David. David had wars that were created for him that he knew nothing about. David had wars that he had to fight because he was a king. David had wars because of decisions he made that were poor decisions. Psalm 73. This is good. This is going to bless somebody here. Verse 1. Huh. And David began to pour out his heart. Someone says, David, did he have a problem? <laughs> They've got a part. You don't understand. David is the person. Let's look at David's life for just maybe a minute or two. David is the person that even his father did not believe in him. So I'll say, how do you know? The, key, the, the prophet Samuel appeared. He said, Jesse, call all your children. And Jesse called all his children. And David was not there. You know why? Because David is a nobody. Are you that kind of person when they call family meeting? They don't wait for your opinion to make a decision. Are you the kind of husband that your wife has no regard for you because there's nothing you're really contributing? Are you the kind of person that, that your husband has no regard for you as a wife? That's the kind of person David was. They said, call everybody. He said, there's a guy saw David. He said, someone, Jesse said, there's no son. There's a boy. There's an idiot. But since we are calling for intelligent people, then let's call her. So let's call him. As a matter of fact, when David went to the war where Goliath, Goliath was, you know what his brother said? His brother said, what are you doing here? Like, this is not the place for small fries like you. David was the guy that God ordained at king. At what age? 17. And when he became king? 30. He, he, he was ordained at king at 17 became king at 30. You know what it means for 13 years to believe that something that God promised you will happen? Because here you are, just one year of getting married, there's no pregnancy, you're freaking out. Here you are, just six months of leaving school, there's no job, you want to kill yourself. So who else is more qualified to talk to us about how to overcome tough times than David? David is a person that his child wanted to kill him. His child slept with his wives in front of all of Israel. You know what his, what his child did? His child built a three-story building and put a bed there and was sleeping with David, his father's wife, and told Israel, come and watch me sleep with them. David, David had a tough life. See what David said in Psalms 3 here. He said, truly God is good to, him, to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. Huh. He said, well, as for me, this is, my, this is what he said, as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps were nearly slipped. Why? He said, for I was envious 
He says, my feet was almost gone. He said, I almost backslidden. And listen to me, backsliding is two kinds. There are people that are in church that are backsliding. You know why? They still come to church because they don't want God to be angry. But there are people that be like, you know what? Prayer, I'm done. Church, I'm done. God has disappointed me. Whatever I want to do, should do. I'm tired. But there are people that still come to church Maybe because their wife forced them to come to church. Maybe their husband come to church. But the truth is that they're falling from that place. David said, my feet was almost gone. Why is my feet almost gone? Look at the next thing. He said, my steps nearly fell. Why? For I was envious when I saw what? The street where we want to go. I was envious when I saw what? David said, excuse me. There's something wrong. See, there have been times I felt like, God, am I being scammed? Because your word says this and I don't see it. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's good if you want to be quiet today because you can just be hypocritical. Hallelujah. I just feel I've been scammed. My goodness. David said, David said, I fell when I saw the prosperity of the foolish. Have you ever gone through four lists before and see all the lists and see unbeliever, 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 and I wonder which of them is a Christian? And you say, how come this tight and offering thing work? How come this prayer work? How come this work? And you begin to have questions in your heart. And David said, hey, you are not the only one that have questions. I also have questions. He says this, for I was envious at the foolish. Who is the foolish? Not the idiot. The one that does not know God. Because the Bible says the fool is the one that says there is no God. Why? He said, because I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said, my goodness, these guys are doing well. Glory to God. David said, I almost backslided. Next line. He said, When I saw the prosperity of the week, did you know what it feels like? At 35, you are still a virgin. But there's a friend of yours that in year one did an abortion, year two did an abortion, year three an abortion, year four an abortion. But when she left school, she had the child outside wedlock. But now she's married with a child. And you, born again, Sister Gloria. Rigari, gari, gari, gari. They know your tongue. Yet you don't speak in. You, yes, you don't have a. You don't have someone to date you. Meanwhile, this girl, Lacenda, the sister of Shinene, is married with a child, with a husband. And one day you meet her at a function. And you say, how far? And Lacenda says, God is faithful. <laughs> and you look at her. <laughs> Listen to me. You look at her with pain that you had the audacity to look at me and say, God is faithful. These are things that make you cry. You can't tell somebody else. Do you, he says, when I saw the prosperity of the way, do you know what it means when you come to church and you're a faithful tighter and you're a faithful giver? Yet, you go for a, for a wedding party and you see your classmates and the way they entered, you know they had entered. All of them were white native specs. As soon as they entered with a, like a, a clique of friends, all the girls on the table began to sway. <laughs> you could see them swimming because it was obvious they were doing well. 
Even the sisters in church forgot they were sisters. <laughs> just carry me, just pick me home. Just carry me, just pick me home. Is he born again? I'll convert him later. Let them just take me first. Those are the kind of parties that even when they know you're a pastor, they'll call you by short code, PB. Because they don't want to declare that they are, we are fully Christian. And, and you see those friends of yours. They don't tithe. They don't pray. They don't fast. They are doing... Before you know, they just stood up. All of them just stood up. Brother, they just did like this. They appear giving them bundles of dollars. And they just went... And you look at yourself and you say that, where is my God? David said, let's read it again. David said, I said this, you will mark it in your Bible. David said, for I was envious of the foolish or the unbeliever. When what? He said, when was I envious? When I sought the prosperity. So the first thing you need to know that, first of all, it didn't start with you. Let's keep reading. He said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. See what the next line. It says, there is no band in their death. Their strength is firm. They have grip on things. You will hear them say that, I'll be in Paris tomorrow, I'll be here tomorrow. Like, ah, do you have visa? Visa, no problem. They, they are so sure. The Bible says in the next verse, they are not in trouble as other men. It's almost as if they are trouble exempt. Neither are they plagued like other men. The Bible says, therefore pride compass them around as a chain. And that's amazing because this is even what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying they become proud. Can you imagine? So, 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 you know, you see the way they talk. So they come and meet you. How are you, Victor? It's a final. It's a how far? I think it's a, we're struggling. You see, go to you know, you see, go to church. Ah, I don't play with God, though. <laughs> when you see that, you see, <laughs> you don't play with God, right? Where do you stay again? <laughs> you know, say, ah, you know where I stay now. <laughs> you know, you know why, why are you asking that kind of question? You don't know where I stay now. <laughs> you know now, <laughs> but the guy side. <laughs> you know where I stay now. <laughs> you know, says, you know, says. Do you tight? You say, ah, <laughs> I tight. Oh, I'm consistent in my tightening. You know, say, what car does your pastor drive? You tell him the car. You say, what car do you drive? You tell him the car. You say, wow, keep tightening. <laughs> he say, keep tightening. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> so, indirectly, you can feel the insults. <laughs> Are you getting me? Then he now says, do you speak in tongues? Now, because you know you've been insulted, and I say, mm, speak in well, it depends on what you call speaking in tongues, though. <laughs> you see, it depends. It depends. When you speak, you're also speaking in tongues. See, all of a sudden, your conviction is shaking because now you are intimidated by his pride. When you meet some kind of people, they begin to say that, I'm a self-made millionaire. You know, it even used to be men that you say, I'm a self-made man. But women have said saying also, I'm a self-made woman. Listen to me. If you didn't create the life you have, you are not self-made. Glory to God. Let's keep reading. 
The Bible says pride compassed them like a chain. Violence covered them as a garment. The Bible says in verse 12, verse 12, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in this world. They increase in riches. They increase in riches. Verse 13, see what David said. David said, hey, I've been scammed. He said, verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain. All this born again, born again. Chop, chop, chop. Nothing to show for it. You know the worst person to be depressed? The worst depressions are always pastors. Someone says, why? Because when normal people have problems that don't have God, they will say, oh, if I had God, I would. so they will run to God. So when a Christian that has God has problem, he will go to a pastor for interpretation of what is problems with God. When a pastor that has a problem, who does he go to? That's why Moses said one time, he said, kill me. God, he said, hey, father, kill me. It was the one, ask Elijah. Elijah also said it one time. He said, Lord, the, you have used me enough. You have used me and now nothing. Kill me. Why were they all, they were all having suicidal thoughts. They were all depressed. All having suicidal thoughts. And the reason is this, because when you're a pastor and you expect God to come through for you, because you are the one that should be custodian of revelation, you should be the one that does miracles. And you cannot have a miracle by yourself. You come under pressure and say, God, you sent me. Show that you sent me. And God is saying, I sent you. But I'm not showing anything. <laughs> Glory to God. David said, my goodness, have cleansed my heart. He felt as if bad. I want to ask you, have you ever felt your prayers were just a waste of time? Wave. Thank you for being truthful. Let's leave the liars alone. <laughs> have you ever felt there was a seed you sowed that was just calm? You felt so? Ah, so you think like me? <laughs> it's true that better on the same feather flock together. This was exactly how David felt. He said, he said, hey, I've saved God in vain. Before you conclude that you saved God in vain, let's read what David said. Because it's good to know someone that has gone through what you are going through and see how he responded. Let's read. Verse 16, he says, when I thought to know this, it was painful. Ah, there, there are times I will go through pressure that I can't share with anyone. I will just stay like this, take a long stroll. When I take a long stroll, I will just sing a song. God of the mountain is the God in the valley when things go wrong. He's the God in the land and God of the good time. He's the God in the bad time 
when things go wrong see as i sing those songs, hot tears not tears hot tears and i would say father glorify your name like not even my own just your name because sometimes it can be painful ah painful do you know what it means when you think that god will give you a husband or a wife and the year passes and you're single when you're married and you think you will have a child and the year passes and there's no child do you know what it means when you're looking forward to an exciting marriage union and instead of having a good marriage union all you have is fight and fight with your spouse do you know what it means to be struggling to pay bills And you can't talk because the people you talk to will make fun of you. And that's why I think that everyone here, see, let me say something to you quickly. Let me just, there's a, there's a, there's a PS, NB. All our cell leaders, whatever you do in the cell meeting, make sure you make it a place people can pour out their hearts and protect conversation. Anybody that makes their conversation a subject of ridicule, let them to live yourself. The cells must be healthy, a place they can talk. And when they talk like that, get people that can pray. Mount up prayer mountains around them. Call upon the God that answered my fire and say, God, for this sister, we will not leave until you do something radical in their lives. And while that prayer is happening, encourage them with all the encouragement they can get. If you are the one that laughs at people when they have problems, remember, your own is coming. That's how the Bible says that when someone is overtaking the fault, he said, be careful. You that are standing. Because the same thing can happen to you. Because some of you are Mr. Holy. No sin. Be careful, Mr. Holy. Same thing can happen to you. They don't say, hey, Tawasha, Aristo girl. <laughs> See, I'm not saying no correct. But the way you talk down, be careful. What led us to that place, you don't know. Same thing can happen to you. See, if we're going to help one another, we are going to learn to be supportive more than criticizing. That's what we're going to do. How many guys come to this church and they wear nice shirt, nice shoes, some of them even wear nice native, and there's no cover in the cup pocket. And they cannot, see, they're not, I'm not saying that those are beg for money, those are not what I'm talking about. They cannot ask for help because of the fear that you will use it against them. And help is not money. Help is the fact that this is where I am. What did they can do? David said, when I thought about this, it was too painful. There was pain. There was pain. There are people here that have been divorced. There are people that have child outside wedlock. And when you see that child, you love the child, but you remember the pain that came with that mistake or that decision. David said there was pain. Listen, this, this month, so you, you can feel the tension rising, right? You, you know, this month, I tell you, if you have friends that are going through a tough time, the pressure society thought the best you can do is to drag them to church it will be life changing for them this month let's keep reading
The Bible says this. Verse 16. When I thought to know this was too much pain for me. Too much pain. Why? It says, until I went into what? You know what that means? The more you are in pain, the more God cannot give you perspective. He says, I stayed in pain. My God, you're not hearing me. He says, I stayed in pain. The more you stay in pain, the more you are bitter, the more you are so overwhelmed about what you're going through, you might not be able to hear accurately what God is saying to you. So David said, I made a decision. So I felt pain. He said, I laid aside the pain and went into the sanctuary. You know why? Because sometimes faith does not change outcome. Faith changes perspective. What God did was not to change things. The Bible says, I went into the sanctuary and I got understanding. Faith did not change the outcome. The perspective was changed. Glory to God. Many of you are going through a tough time. You know what you need? A change of perspective. Because there's a way. See, you are seeing it like this because you are here. God is seeing it like that because it's there. That's why if you read Matthew 7, it says, Acts and what? What's the next thing? Seek is perspective. Is it every time you have asked and asked and asked, does not work? Say, Lord, why is it not working? Seek. Seek. So, question What are the common causes of hardship and depression? Matthew 16, verse 33, and this is what we're going to close today. And, he, he, and, and it's going to get deeper ne next week. This is going to be a powerful series, I tell you. Matthew 16, verse 33. Matthew 16, verse 33. Matthew chapter 16, verse 33. Can we have it on the screen, please? You can have it on the screen. Okay, let's read. Matthew chapter 16, verse 33. Let me read from here. I'm sorry, it's John 16, 33. Thank you. No wonder you said you can't have it. It's John 16, 33. What does it say? It says, these things are spoken to you that in me you will have peace. See what the next line is. In this world, what will you have? Listen, when something goes wrong, stop saying, God, why me? It is life. Stop saying. See, the problem with Christians is this. When you go through a tough time, I don't know what message you heard that made you feel as if once you're born again, you're exempted from tough time. That's not what the Bible says. Because they tell you that once you get born again, you have a husband. Things will go well. Things will do this. It, see, that is not the gospel. See what Jesus Christ said. He says, in me you shall have trouble, but in the world you shall have what? Tribulation. Tribulation means tough time. But the difference is this, be of good cheer, I have what? Overcome them. That means you will have tribulation, but it's not going to submit you. You are going to have tough time, but it's not going to kill you. You will almost be broken, but you will not be broken. 
what is going to happen is this my power my glory my strength is going to show up and bring you out with a testimony of victory if you are here say amen, amen. someone says we don't have a child yet it says in this world you have tribulation I don't have money in this world you have tribulation I have my crisis in this world you have tribulation um, I don't have a job in this world you have tribulation I, 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 I don't have a house in this world you have tribulation so I, said, I, I don't have anything in this world you have tribulation but guess what that's not the end of the story they have good chair I have overcome The problem with most Pentecostal theology is this. They make it seem as if once you get born again, you are exempted from evil. And that affects your expectation. So you start saying, why me? Instead of saying, Lord, with you, I'm crossing over. Isaiah 43 verse 2. Look at this. Isaiah 43 verse 2. If you have a Bible, write this down. Someone is going to need it. Your mom, your sister, your friend is going to need it. Write it down. Who knows what I'm talking about? If not, I'm talking about, say amen. amen. Isaiah 43. One to go. Let's read together. One to go. Hey, did he say you'll not pass through water? No. He, someone says, why, uh, why is God doing challenges? See, God did not say, I will present, prevent you from challenges. He says, when you pass through water, I will be with you. Brother, boy, you're going to pass. You are going to pass through some financial waters. Your business is going to pass through some tests. Your marriage will pass through some tests. But listen, he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, but I have to walk through. Listen, because I know God does not exempt me from walking through, but I'm going to walk through. Listen, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to walk through. I'm not going to die there. I'm going to walk through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Someone says, where is God? In trouble. God is with you. Let me give you this. The presence of a challenge does not mean the absence of a savior. Write it somewhere. The presence of a challenge does not mean the absence of a savior. Though things are tough, though you don't know how to go, does not mean that the savior you serve it's not right there with you. 43 verse 2 again. It says, when thou pass through the water, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, hey, brother, are you going to walk through fire? Hey, you're going to walk through fire. I know you don't like fire, but the Bible says, when you walk, it's not, 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 not maybe you walk, it's a when. When you walk through fire, it's, a situation, it's timing, sir. You will walk through fire. The point when you walk through fire, I say, God, well, are you not faithful? God says, the thing is that you will have to walk through fire. When you, I don't prevent you from walking. See, watch this now. God does not prevent you from walking through fire. He rather walks through fire with you. You know why? Because fire has a way of refining gold. Are you gold? Fire has a way of bringing out things in you 
That's what the Bible says. <laughs> Bible says this our light affliction is a moment is working for us a uh, 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 far exceeding weight of glory. It's far, it's far exceeding weight of glory. It's far exceeding. Far exceeding to what? Far exceeding to the problems. Far exceeding to the challenge. I know I'm going far exceeding weight of glory. Glory to God. You know the challenge with this thing? You know why we get tired? Look up every day. This is why we get tired. The reason why we get tired is this. We never see how close we are to the finishing line. The finishing line is the breakthrough point. The finishing line is a testimony point. So if this is the finishing line, all we see is that we have been running 50 kilometers and now we're exhausted. What we don't realize is this. We have been running 50 kilometers, but we just have 25 meters more to finishing line. You know what I mean? When you run marathon, when people start, everybody will dash off. Then in the middle, people will slow down. When they pick up again, once they see the finishing line, everybody starts running again. You know why you're tired? Because you are human, you can't see finishing line. You can only see how much you have struggled in your finance. You can only see how much you have struggled in your marriage. You can only see how much you have struggled in your business. You can only see how much you have struggled in addiction. You can only see how much you have struggled as a single person. You can only see your struggle. But what you cannot see is that you've struggled for eight years, but it's just one more month to break through. That behind you is 50 kilometers, and ahead of you is 30 meters to your breakthrough. And guess what happened? Because you can see that at the bridge, at the bridge of the breakthrough, most of us will give up. And let's go. How many of you have given up when you were just almost there? And all of a sudden, you stop praying. All of a sudden, you stop church. All of a sudden, you drop out of the workforce. You took out your house from self. You stop tightening. You stop sewing. You stop doing those things because you just got tired. Not knowing that you were just just a little. See, what you've done is way more than what you're going to do now. Just a little more, the breakthrough will come. And that's why I want to tell you something. You are going to pray again. Someone say amen. amen. You are going to confess again. You are not going to give up again. You are going to stand up. You are going to go back to the fighting. You are going to go back to the soil. You are going to go back to sacrificial seed. Not because you feel scammed, because you know that it's just about, to, about the corner. What causes hardship or depression? What are the causes of hardship or depression? Number one, marital or relationship problems. When you've been single for a long time. I have wondered, Father, am I the second Virgin Mary? When you've been married and the person that you're meant to love is the one that breaks your heart all the time. Those things will definitely bring about heartbreaks and hardship to your heart. The second thing that brings tough times is this. The second thing that brings very tough times is this. Finances. When you have financial pressure, 
where you're not able to meet your financial obligation, where you can't send your kids to school, where you can't live the kind of life you want. Those things bring pressure. If you're not careful, you can slip into a depression. I know many men that get into depression because they cannot provide for their families. I know many single people that do a lot of stuff because they can't just live according to the life they want. Well, guess what? That's why we're dealing here. Because we're going to help you. That's why you have to find a cell to go to. As we pray, I'd encourage you. There'll be help for you. The third reason why people struggle, have hardship and hard time is this. You want to know the third reason? Come and talk to me. Did you forget your voice at home? Why are you quiet like he's entering? Something because he's entering. You know the third reason why people struggle? Comparison. You know, you know, it's okay that you already know I have a car. But the day your best friend now got a car, it became a problem for you. Did you know what it feels like? What you feel like when you feel as if you're doing well, you have a brand new Toyota Corolla. And you go for an end of year party of your schoolmate, there were 10 of you. And each of them brought a Prado, a Lexus Jeep, a G-Wagon, an E-Class. And you're the only one that had the Toyota there. All of a sudden, what you thought was a miracle becomes a frustration. And it's not because God is not faithful to you. It's because you are comparing yourself with another person. Listen to me. We might be age mates, but we are not grace mates. Listen to me also. We may be born the same year, but our seasons are different. Some people are corn. You know corn? If you plant corn today, next week you will see something. That's how they are. Some people are like your local tree. When you plant us, one year you see nothing. Two years you see nothing. But the reason why we don't shoot up on time is this. Because we have to take root downward. Because when we spring up eventually, we are like a mountain that cannot be moved. We stay, we stay and stay. But for the corn, after nine months, it has what? Vanished. Look at your neighbor and say, your season is not my season. Don't judge me based on your season. I'm a different planting of the Lord. And many of you are killing yourself because you are looking at other people's season. You know the worst thing that brings this comparison? Should I tell you what it is? Social media. You were having a good day until you saw something about somebody. <laughs> Is it not true? Yeah. Have you not noticed your pressure are linked with social media? There are some people that I've had to unfollow because I don't want to know what goes on with them. Because even as a pastor, once I see what they call testimony, then my testimony comes under pressure. It's social media. It's not pressure machine. If it's pressure machine, disconnect it. And you can even do that selectively. Glory to God. We have to stop. Stand up, let's pray. I want you to pray and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've allowed the pressures outside to get inside. I've, I've, just, I'm just going up and down. 
but it's a new beginning. I, I forgot what is important. Lift up your hands and let's pray, everybody. Let's pray. And some of you that let this pressure come into you, go ahead and break you from this pressure. Go ahead and break from this pressure. Go ahead and break you from this pressure. All of you that become cold, you become like a desiccal. Go ahead. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for everyone going through depression, worry, anxiety. Will you just, Lord, touch them today? And we break the power of suicide over everybody's mind here. Let's learn to trust you and follow you. Thank you for healing hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord.